For the next hour, you'll be leaving the show me state and entering the show me the money state. So stop what you're doing, grab a pen, and get ready to learn, people. Because you're tuned to the Ozarks' number one show about your money. Randy Floyd, founder of Floyd Financial Group, will be your guide for straight talk about living the life you deserve in retirement. Prepare to be empowered. Now, here's your show me the money host, Randy Floyd. Thank you so much. Welcome to Show Me the Money with Randy and Jake Floyd, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name's Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions. But of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Randy and Jake Floyd at Floyd Financial Group. Randy, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Jeff. I had a wonderful bike ride this morning with my wife, and I'm all fired up. Isn't it amazing how a bike ride can do that, especially for somebody like you? I'm glad you're all fired up this morning, Randy. And Jake, how are you doing? You know, I'm doing well. Just back from my little vacation we took down to Florida and ready to go. All right. Well, me too. Had a little vacation off to the, uh, well, I guess another bastion of sanity into Middle Tennessee. And it's interesting, you know, living in the big cities as I have all these years, how different life is when you get back to normal. You know, the breadbasket of America, places like Springfield, Missouri and Middle Tennessee. So glad to uh, visit with those folks, but of course, always glad to be back here and on the radio with you guys. Well, let's talk about what's happened since we've both been gone. I uh, read that inflation figures have been released recently for the month of June. And unsurprisingly, gentlemen, they are well north of 9%. Where is this stuff going to stop? Is there any end to it, do you think? You know, Jeff, that's a really good question. One of the things that we know is that we have got to kill demand and we've got to kill the inflationary pressure if we can get demand down and if we can stop printing money and sending out new money to states and things like that to put in people's hip pocket. I mean, the bottom line is inflation occurs when? When we have too much money and not enough stuff, right? And so anytime we get to where there's a lot of stuff and not much money, then we have a recession, then we have price controls, then we have sales, you know, rather than how much premium can I get for this used automobile today? An interesting thing, you know, I have a diesel pickup, a three-quarter ton pickup, and I talked to my dealer that sold it to me here not long ago. I've had it two years, and I got 20,000 miles on it, and he offered me within $4,000 of what I paid for it. That's interesting, Randy. My <laughs> wife has a car that's about two years old. It's not a diesel pickup, but nevertheless, strangely enough, they're selling the same car for $2,000 more today than we paid for it two years ago. I'd yeah. never seen that in my entire life. No, me either, because you always say, you know, when you drive a car off the lot, you know, you lose, you know, two or $3,000, and here we are, we're making money hand over fist. Yeah, that's crazy. And especially anything with four wheels goes down in value. So these are some strange times indeed. But as you said, inflation is not letting up over 9%. And as we said, I just don't see any end in sight for this. Do you? Well, I think, again, the Fed is putting pressure on by raising interest rates and trying to continue to kill demand here a little bit. It's what has to happen. You know, here of late, we've seen the stock market rally through July toward the tail end there a little bit. And it's, again, one of these things that we feel is a bear market rally. If you look back till the first part of the year in January, where we were pretty much, you know, at all time highs in the market, we've been down consistently through there, but we've had three or four 
upticks or bear market rallies of two, three, four, up as much as 9% back up, and then we're back down. And then general trend, though, is still down. And as long as we have the situation that we have where things are just kind of out of control, we think it's still going to continue to go down. Now, we do know that housing has started to go the other direction. You know, for years here, we last two or three years, we've had housing just going crazy. We know in the month of June that the major uh, housing builders here in the country uh, expected to sell 660 thousand homes in the month of June and actually only ended up selling 590,000. We also have noticed that, well, and you may have in your neighborhood too, that there are now real estate signs in yards. And that was something we didn't see for a couple of years because there was so many buyers for every house, we couldn't even get a sign in the ground before they had offers and had sold it. So today things are definitely changing. So I think we're headed in the right direction, but we got a ways to go yet. And there's going to be some more downward pressure on the market we feel from here. And we're starting to see it a little bit again. But, you know, I think Jerome Powell is going to have to keep the pedal to the metal and keep raising interest rates until people go, uncle, and we can start to <laughs> start to go down the other side of this. And again, I want to be completely clear with people that on the other side of this is going to be good times again, but we've got to right the ship. Everything is just yeah. upside down. Well, as we talked about earlier, gentlemen, I mean, we saw interest rates raised about three quarters of a percent. How high can it go? Will they just keep raising interest rates until someone says, uncle, I mean, are we going to see mortgage rates of, you know, nine, 10, 11 percent? You know, I don't think it'll get quite that high, Jeff, but the inflation dynamics are pretty interesting. I think in the month of July, when we see the readings that fuel inflation is going to come down a little bit. But as we know, trucks are what drive all our stuff around this country and around the world. And diesel has not come down nearly as much as gas has. So we also heard from Walmart in their pre-announcement of their earnings that they said that food inflation is running well into the double digits. And I don't think the market is pricing that in right now. So I think as that kind of works its way through, I think we're going to find that inflation is far from under control. And the response to that is going to be more hikes. Jerome Powell last week, a week before, said that he wants to get to a moderately restrictive level of interest rate policy. So expansive interest rate policy is where we're trying to grow the economy and things like that. Restrictive is when we're trying to slow it down. And, you know, I would think that moderately restrictive might be around 4%, which is quite a ways from where we're at right now at 2.25. Earlier, you had mentioned the fact that during this bear market, there have been some bounces. Some people call these sucker rallies. Some people call them dead cat bounces. I mean, no offense to cats or anything like that, but they call these things for a reason. Should people really, uh, you know, put any stock in that sort of thing and consider these buying opportunities or are these just, uh, you know, false hope things? So, yeah, Jeff, I mean, you, you ask a really good question uh, as to, you know, what is a dead cat bounce? What is a bear market rally? Uh, how do we know it's a bear market rally? How do we not know it's going to go up, you know, higher than it's ever been and hit 6,000 on the S&P and next month and all that? Well, you know, data that comes out and what's going on in the world, just all the things that we see help us to determine, you know, what's going on. I guess the big question I would ask is what would be the catalyst right now that could happen that would send the S&P 500 to new highs? We have the housing market starting to crumble, so prices are going down there. Home builders are not selling as many homes, so that means that the price will probably continue to go down. Interest rates are going up, which means that people can't afford as big a house. And the reason I'm hung up on the housing thing here 
here is the fact that housing is a major bellwether of what's going on and what's going to be going on as we look forward because it touches almost every industry. So, you know, I think that we're still in a bear market environment, but all along the way, if you look back historically, 2007, 8, and 9, especially 7, 8, and 9, we've done some overlays and some comparisons, and we've seen very similar looking charts and graphs. Not that the uh, dynamics are exactly the same, the underlying causes are not close to the same, but again, we're seeing a similar pattern, and we just don't think we're done here. And so I think Jerome is going to continue to raise interest rates until we can really see that things are going to slow down and the market may have another 10% downside before we get to the end. Wow. For those people who are into retirement and they're thinking they're going to sell their home, they're going to downsize a little bit. I mean, this is an entirely different market right now in terms of selling a house. Those people who want to refinance, of course, that ship has sailed completely. Should people maybe rethink that strategy of selling their house and downsizing because there just aren't as many buyers out there? Yeah, I would say that, uh, you know, right now is not the best time to be buying or selling as it was because again we have fewer buyers out there because interest rates are higher it costs more of people's monthly paycheck to buy a house and the market just hasn't come down enough and again boy when you start looking at the fact that the average house I think around the countryside here is around 300 to 340 thousand dollars and interest rates have gone from two percent to nearly six percent you talk about a huge impact in the monthly payment people can't afford that so it's it's a tough market right now we think that in the future here, probably, I don't know, 12, 18 months out, we're probably going to have a real good opportunity to do some real estate buying for those that are ready. Well, for people who are buying something, obviously, we know that interest rates uh, certainly play into that in a very big way. But for investors, how is this current market condition, the situation that we're in right now, how is that playing out on the return that we're getting on our investments? Yeah, so for investors right now, uh, it's a bear market. I mean, we're in a situation where, uh, you know, I think valuations still have to come down more. Uh, before we can really see a good long upward trend. And we've just really got to get some good economic news. I think that the uh, midterm elections coming up in November will be a real litmus test as to uh, maybe what we can look forward to in early 2023. Randy, I know in this program we've talked many times about having a comprehensive plan that will allow people to withstand financial storms like this. How are your clients reacting to the current market conditions? Are they annoyed? Are they worried? What sort of calls are you getting? Yeah, Jeff. So, you know, we're getting a few calls along the way now, not as many as one might expect. And I think that has to do with the fact that we do have a plan for these folks. And they know that on the outset, as we set up these plans, we plan for, you know, downturns in the market. We try to plan for all kinds of financial weather. And so, yes, we get a few phone calls saying, hey, are you sure this is it? Or, you know, do you still think it's okay to be, you think the market's going to continue to go down? Uh, I have a few people that have been in and said, so, you know, I came in here thinking, thinking I'd have a lot less money than I had. And so they leave with a smile saying, hey, we haven't weathered as much of this storm as the general public. So people as a rule are very happy. Uh, As you know, we build some safety into all of our portfolios. So, uh, you know, we've had people in here when the market was off 12, 15, 20%. A lot of those folks were off six and eight and nine percent. And so, you know, it's just, it's really good to know that our plan is in place, it's working and they're not suffering the brunt of this downturn. 
Well, also, for people who have listened to this program for any length of time, you know that we're offering a no-cost, no-obligation financial plan with Randy and Jake there at Floyd Financial Group. And I think that's the key to this first part of our program today is to have a plan that will withstand any financial storm and will help you get to retirement and through retirement, a retirement that could last as long as 30-plus years. To get your plan doesn't cost you a dime, call 417-889-7233. 417-889-7233 can also request your complimentary no-cost, no-obligation, no-judgment financial plan by logging on to floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. You're listening to Show Me the Money with Randy and Jake. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more of our show right here on 104.1 KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Ready for a heaping helping of some more real talk? Thought so. Here's another serving of Show Me the Money with your server, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy Floyd. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about what are the risks of an early retirement? And Randy and Jake, I know a lot of people are probably looking at the market. They're looking at how things are shaping up today. And they're saying, I'm just going to throw in the towel. I am tired. I was going to retire at 67. I'm only 63 right now. I'm just going to go ahead and pull the trigger on this. Let's talk about some of the risks of doing something like that. Is that something that you're seeing lately among your clients that you're having more people who are saying, I'm going to retire before, let's say, the age of 65 than after? Yeah, Jeff, we've seen a lot. In fact, since the pandemic, we have seen a real uptick in earlier retirement more than later retirement. And I don't know if it's because of all of the deaths that we had and things through the pandemic and that has kind of raised the awareness of people that, hey, we aren't here forever. But I don't know what it amounts to other than people have had a good chance to think about it. They've been at home a lot. Maybe they are enjoying being at home a lot more because they got to work from home and maybe that's encouraged them to do that. But I also think too, it's just the stress of the whole thing. Because I know that as people exited the job market, a lot of people got a lot more work placed on top of them. The stress load you know, went up on them and they are just coming in and they're saying, you know what, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Randy, can I go ahead and pull the plug now and help me see how I can and can I make my budget based on what I have saved. And of course, that's always the things that we look at with everybody is we want to find out, you know, what does retirement mean to them? What does that look like? What are their budgetary requirements? Listen, this market that we're in right now is not forever. And the the job market will not be the same as it is now. The housing market will not remain the same. There will be better days ahead. But for most people, when they come in, if they're willing to really focus, you know, we can help them get retired and have them, you know, a good outcome. Because again, on the other side of this, Jeff, is going to be a lot of money to be made. And if we don't go too crazy on this side of things, they'll be fine on the other side, especially with a well-constructed portfolio. If people just can't wait, I know that we have taken into consideration the things that you're talking about. Those are some very valid points. But if they say, you know, I just can't wait, Randy, I've got to retire now. Should they expect a different sort of retirement? I mean, can you retire if you're not quite at the point that you thought you wanted to be? Should you really just adjust your expectations for retirement so you can get it done today? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. Everybody has a different take on that. There's some people that say, you know what, uh, I'm going to retire at the same level or higher. And then there are those people that say, you know what, I'm just ready to be done. If I have to take a little less money in retirement, I'm ready to go there. So we always have to balance everything between the human side of things and the financial side of things as we look at retirement. And so everybody's a little bit different there. 
I would just encourage people, you know, if you think it's time for you to retire, at least sit down and look at it. Uh, look at your budget. Look at what you've saved. You know, let us help you see what kind of income you're going to have in retirement and see if it can work for you. If not, that'll probably help you make the decision. If you go, well, you know, Randy, I really can't live on 10000 a month. I need twelve, or I need, you know, whatever the number is. I really can't live on 4000 a month, whatever that number is. Then we can help you figure out how to engineer getting that done. The other thing is, is some people may need to work part-time for a while. In fact, we find more and more that people are doing that and really want to do that because, you know, they don't really know after working 40, 45 years, uh, 40 hours a week, they don't know how to fill all those extra days after a while. How does claiming Social Security change when you retire early, gentlemen? Yeah, so when you retire early, the first thing that happens is, uh, you know, you're going to take a cut, you know, lifetime based on when you take that if it's not full retirement age or you can run it all the way up through age 70. So what we find out, though, is more and more as people come in and sit down with us and they're trying to figure out when to take it, a lot today are opting to take it at 62, 63, or well before their full retirement age. The one thing that kind of holds people back sometimes is, hey, I'm not 65 yet. What about my health insurance? What's that going to cost me? But if they've got the health insurance thing figured out, and there's a few people that do, they have special extensions through work where they get to keep health insurance and that sort of thing. They're going ahead. They're pulling the trigger at 62 and 63 because they know this is the best they're going to feel and as Billy Crystal said the best they're ever going to look <laughs> and then this is when they want to go ahead and get it done right exactly if you've decided to retire early obviously it means that you're going to be having more years in retirement most likely are there certain financial tools such as annuities that you might be able to use to sort of bridge that financial gap yeah, so Jeff, there's all kinds of uh, different financial tools that we use at different times. You know, right now we've been in a situation where over the last 40 years prior to 2021, interest rates have gone down, down, down for the last 40 years. Now, since 2021 has come around in 2022, they've been ticking back up, up, up. And so it changes some of the strategies. You know, used to be we'd build the old 60-40 portfolio, 60% stocks, 40% bonds. And when stocks weren't doing good, bonds still propped you up and they gained a little bit they paid your monthly paycheck, you know, but bonds are pretty well broken right now. And it's really hard to count on them to bring you value and income at the same time. In fact, I would say in some ways they're more risky than stock right now. Both are very risky. So yes, once in a while we will use a tool, a fixed index annuity or something like that. There's some new, newer products out there that are, I say they're newer, they're constructed a little differently. It's an annuity called a Ryla. That's a registered linked indexed annuity. And so there's some things out there that are good that give you a floor under some of your money. Some of them have really pretty good interest rates internally now, but we can also track an index like the S&P 500 or maybe you know some other indexes from time to time. But when we build these portfolios, what are we looking for? We're looking for flexibility. We're looking for growth. We're looking for safety and liquidity. We need to make sure people have enough cash available to them whenever they have any type of a situation. Maybe it's healthcare. Maybe something happens to their car. Maybe something happens to their house and they need some extra money. So when we build any portfolio, we're looking for growth, safety, and liquidity. And so there's lots of tools and we're not against any tool. Right now, we just think that there's a certain set of tools that tend to work better in the future. There may be opportunity in real estate. There'll probably be opportunity in precious metal. There'll probably be opportunity again in bonds at some point, but not right now. So we're going to use the appropriate tool for the times that we're in. 
And we talked about Social Security there a little bit. If you take Social Security early and then, you know, you get going here with Social Security, you're about six months into that. You decide, you know, maybe I don't want to retire. I'm going to go back to work. Can you undo Social Security? Is there an opportunity for a do-over? There is an opportunity for a do-over. You will have to pay back what you've taken if you decide to go back to work full-time and want to make more than about $20,000 a year. But that's okay. You'll get it paid back, and then you can go again. You know, we usually sit around and have several conversations with people. When people come in and they say, hey, Randy, I'm really thinking about retiring, we don't go, okay, 30 minutes later, all right, buddy, you're done. You're out the door. Here's the forms. Have a good life. We go through a process here to help people really understand what retirement is and what it's going to mean to them, what kind of income they're going to have, what they can count on, what they can bank on. And uh, so it's a very involved process that we go through because most people only retire, what, one time? Yeah, probably. We help people here retire just about every day. We're talking with Randy and Jake here, Floyd Financial Group, about the detriments of retiring early. Randy, one thing you mentioned a moment ago was health insurance, and that is the big thing that comes to mind. Besides income in retirement, it's health insurance. If I'm retiring before age 65, I mean, I've got to fill that gap because I'm not old enough for Medicare. Right. you got to fill that gap with either some uh, under age 65 health insurance from the exchange, the health, health insurance exchange, or we have a lot of people that are using these cost sharing mechanisms. Some of those are Christian-based, some are not. Uh, MediShare is the one that comes to mind and people are having pretty good luck with those so you know that's what they really have to consider is what am i going to have to pay if i buy it off the exchange i will say this that they have really sweetened the amount of subsidy that a family can get even at pretty high income levels to help offset the cost of your health insurance. So if you haven't reviewed it, we certainly can when you're in here. And we have Tony Gosser here that we use that can certainly help us at any income level determine what those coverages uh, can look like and what they're going to cost. And Randy, the other thing is when you retire early, you've got a lot more time to fill. Is that a consideration? What am I going to do with my time? It certainly is. And so many times when I'm sitting with people, I'm saying, so what does retirement mean to you? What do you plan to do? Are you going to play golf? Are you going to fish or ride bikes? Or, you know, what are you going to do? And so uh, everybody has a little different take on that. A lot of different strokes for different folks. But a lot of people are volunteering today, trying to find something meaningful to do with their time or do some things maybe they've always wanted to do volunteer-wise that they never had time to do. So, uh, you know, Jeff, it's a different consideration for each person that's about to retire, and we like to help them explore what they're going to do and what they like to do for fun. If you're thinking about retiring early and you've got questions, of course, we certainly do invite you to call on the experts there at Floyd Financial Group and talk about what it would be like for you to retire early financially and otherwise. We're offering a no-obligation financial plan with Randy Jake there at Floyd Financial Group. As we said, doesn't cost you one thin dime, and there's going to be no judgment when you sit down at Floyd Financial Group and talk about your individual situation and get your questions answered. To take advantage of this opportunity, call 417-889-7233, 417-889-7233. You can also request your complimentary retirement plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. You're listening to Show Me the Money with Randy and Jake. We'll be right back with more of our show right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Ready to climb a mountain of financial know-how? Good. Because it's time for more Show Me the Money with your financial Sherpa, Randy Floyd. 
Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy Floyd along with Jake Floyd, and you're listening to Show Me the Money. And in this segment, we're going to talk about a question we get all the time. Randy, how can I be sure that I avoid running out of money in retirement? And Randy and Jake, I think that is one of the biggest concerns of people going into retirement. It is running out of money. And for many people, they're successful not running out of money. But unfortunately, I've known some people who have run out of money, and it is a devastating situation. So in order to avoid running out of money, what is the biggest thing I think that you should be concerned with? And I mean, is it just running out of money or is it not getting enough in your returns or in your investments? What is the key here to not running out of money? I think the two big things, Jeff, are number one, that we're not spending too much money for the amount of money that we have saved. If we're taking too big a withdrawal off of our investments, and we'll come back to this, that can be a big risk to running out of money. And number two is to not lose too much money by taking too much risk in the market or or other uh, investment ventures. So the first one is not spending too much money. So uh, if you look around at the talking heads and the pundits out there, they will tell you that somewhere between three and four percent is is a reasonable withdrawal rate. So that means if you have a million dollars saved, you can expect to pull thirty to forty thousand dollars a year off there and not risk running out of money. If we have proper protections in place, we might be able to push that number to five or five and a half percent. But we do sometimes have people coming in taking eight or nine percent. And that's just simply not sustainable. And if you live more than about 15 years, you're going to run out of money. The other big thing is the risk, like we talked about just a second ago. And if we're taking too much risk and a market like this one comes along, even if we're taking a reasonable draw of 4%, but we have a 40% downturn in the stock market that we failed to protect against, that can be a huge risk because now if we were taking 4 and the market's down 40, that means now we're taking 7.5% withdrawal. So again, it really comes down to that withdrawal rate and controlling that through how much we're spending, but also how much risk we're taking. On the spending side, do you find that most people spend more in retirement than they thought, less or about the same? You know, I think for most people today, Jeff, and I think Jake would agree with me that what we see today is most people are kind of trying to maintain where they've been. And many times what we see is this dynamic. So people come in, they've been trying to put the finishing touches on their retirement. Maybe, you know, the kids are out of the house, the college bills are paid, or there's no more drain for college coming out of there. And they've been uh, really funding their 401ks and their retirement plans to a very high level. And so their paycheck has actually been much lower than you might think. So somebody that's making, you know, a hundred grand a year may only end up with a paycheck of $6,000 a month or $5,000 a month because they're paying all those taxes and they're also funding their 401ks. So sometimes when we see a huge salary number, it doesn't always mean that the client is spending all that money. A lot of that money they're saving. So when we start really looking at budgets, we find out that they really aren't spending as much money as they sometimes think, okay? So we have to go through all these different numbers to arrive at what a good budget for that person is. But most people today are looking to pretty much maintain what they're doing and know that they can hedge inflation a little bit looking forward. And inflation is not going to stay at 9 and 10 and 12% forever. This too will subside on the other side of this and people will do fine. But again, like Jake said, the biggest thing we have to do is make sure we put people in the right situation where they're not like the Mr. Green and Mr. Brown scenario we've talked about before. 
four on here because none of us well i know you can jeff you can control the stock market you can control the stock market but nobody else can right so how things are when we retire are things in a downturn are things in an uptick are we flat what's going on let me just say this you can retire in all those situations we just have to make sure that we set things right on the front end get it done make sure the budget fits and we can do it in any kind of financial weather. We've done it over and over and over for the last, you know, 22 years. So we would encourage people, you know, if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and you want to look at retirement, come see us. We'll sit down and see if it's, uh, if it's something that you can get done. Well, Randy, Jake, I have a family member who indeed did run out of money in retirement and ended up, he and his wife, living with their children. And what happened to him was he decided that in retirement, he would continue to play the stock market on his own and he would try to day trade and uh, it didn't come to any good. He lost most of his money. And as I said, he's now living with the children and really doesn't have anything. Do you find that people sometimes make mistakes like that? Maybe they've got too much time on their hands and maybe they just get a little greedy and they say, you know, I can make some more money here. I'm going to, I'm going to play again game with my retirement income. Yeah, I think that what happens sometimes is people get retired and then they get into uh, comparing to the neighbor down the street and the guy up at the corner that got the new truck or the new Corvette, as we talked about earlier, Jeff, or that sort of thing. And then they think, well, you know, there's got to be something I can do to make some extra money. I had a neighbor that used to live behind me in my previous home, and he was a day trader uh, until he wasn't, yeah. and then he had two jobs. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, I'm not saying that people can't manage their own money and can't do it, but I would say this, that for most people, unless it's something that you've been involved in for a very long time, it's probably not a good idea. It's too emotional for you. Plus, I'll tell you this much, you know, your husband or your wife, if all you're doing is sitting around trading stocks all day, uh, they're probably not counting that as retirement. Right. <laughs> And I love that story you told about the gentleman and his wife who came in and they uh, they had a motor home and they were getting ready to retire. Can you tell that story again? Oh, yeah, yeah. So this guy was really excited. He had a satellite dish. Now, this has been a few years back when this was, you know, a pretty big deal. He had a satellite dish on the side of his motor home and he said, man, I got it all set up. I got a new laptop. He said, I can get uh, coverage anywhere and I can sit and trade stocks anywhere all day. And his wife looked at him and said, but I'm not going. <laughs> she, she said. And I've never for, never forgotten that, you know, because again, most, you know, most people uh, don't think of uh, sitting around day trading as retirement. Yeah. And I think another thing you should consider is that when you get into retirement, you don't have a regular paycheck anymore. You're relying on what your investments are uh, making. You don't want to touch your, your principles. So I would imagine that your risk tolerance goes way, way down, right? <laughs> well, let's put it this way. If you are living on Social Security and what your investments will pay, you need to have a really good plan to be sure that you can sustain your lifestyle and sustain income for the rest of your days. That is exactly right, Randy. We're talking with Randy and Jake here at Floyd Financial Group about not running out of money in retirement. Randy, what are some of the tools that you can use to avoid running out of money? I've heard people say, well, you know, if I buy this annuity, it's going to pay me a monthly income for life and I can't run out of money. Is that necessarily true? Well, that could be true, Jeff, but I think I want to back up a little bit from there. So I think probably the best thing that someone can do Number one, we need to sit down, we need to develop a plan. And then number two, we need to monitor that plan. And what I mean by that is we don't just say, hey, here's your retirement income. 
uh, here's your stock portfolio, here's your annuity, here's what it, whatever it is, your real estate portfolio, whatever it is. And then we just set it back and we just forget it. I think that it's important that someone is keeping track and watching the store to see what's going on. You know, it's kind of like you, you just you just can't point your car down the highway, even if it's a straight one, and take your hands off the wheel and close your eyes, unless you're driving a self-driving Tesla, and hope to get to your destination because you're probably going to run off the road is what's going to happen. And so it's kind of the same way with your retirement roadmap. We want to make sure that we are uh, navigating. Somebody's at the helm. We're watching what's going on. We're changing directions, making little minute changes to your portfolio if we, when we need to, uh, just to make sure we keep you on track. Because the biggest problem I think that people have is sometimes it's just not knowing and not realizing where they are and what's going on. We have people come in here once in a while and say, you know what? I haven't looked at this in six months. You know, it's just not a one-size-fits-all situation. Everybody's a little bit different and needs a plan that is customized to them and their family and their family dynamics. We're talking with Randy and Jake at Floyd Financial Group about not running out of money in retirement. Probably the biggest concern that people have going into retirement And if you have questions about that, maybe you want to talk about your individual situation, sit down with Randy and Jake, ask your individual questions and get the answers that are right specifically for you. As Randy said, it's not a one-size-fits-all situation. Call 417-889-7233. 417-889-7233. You can also request your complimentary no-cost, no-obligation, no-judgment financial plan with Randy and Jake by logging on to floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. Time for a break. Randy and Jake will be right back with the final portion of our show here on 104.1 KSGF where Springfield comes to talk. People of the Ozarks, step away from the fishing pole and prepare to be shown the money because we're back with more Straight Talk with Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy Floyd along with Jake. And uh, in this final segment, we're going to be talking about, hey, what does it look like? What happens when I come to see Randy and Jake at Floyd Financial Group? That's right. And uh, really nothing to worry about there. Just uh, nice people who are interested in talking to you about your money. And I think the big important thing, too, and I want people to know this, is that Randy and Jake, certainly you're not going to judge people. You meet them where they are. You don't have to have millions of dollars to come in and visit with Randy and Jake. So I know a lot of people have questions. They're curious about what happens during these sessions or what happens when you become a client at Floyd Financial Group. It is really a five-step process. So let's start at the beginning. Step number one, which is discovery. What's that all about? So discovery, Jeff, is uh, when people come in the front door here, let me just kind of give you the the lay of the land here as to what happens. They're probably going to see Ashley first and foremost. She is our director of first impressions, and Mm -hmm. she'll get them a cup of coffee or some pop or whatever it is they like. You can tell I'm from the Ozarks. It's pop. Yeah. For a lot of people, that's soda. Be soda. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. In Texas, everything is a Coke. Well, what what kind of Coke do you want? (laughs) Seven (laughs) ounce. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But it is pop here. uh, Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's pop here. So anyway, uh, after she gets you your pop, we'll uh, sit you down in the conference room and get you comfortable. And what we really want to do during discovery is just learn about you, the, the potential client that we have there, and what's important to you and, and really what you're trying to accomplish in retirement. And you know what does that look like? Because it's different for each person. For some people, they want to go fish every day. For some people, it's golf. Mm-hmm. For some people, it's fishing, golf. For some people, it's fish, golf, bike, swim, run. You know, <laughs> Or for some people, it's like... Like none of those things. Are you crazy? Let's just go take a vacation, right? Yeah. Sit on so the front porch in a rocking chair. 
That's my retirement. <laughs> there you go. That's right. We just want to know what's important to them. And uh, they get to know us, and we tell them you know, about how the company works a little bit here and, and how we get paid and, and, and try to really get them to where they're comfortable with you know, us and the situation so they get all their questions answered, really. Then we go into step number two, which is analysis. Once they get, you know, kind of comfortable and they can see, you know, that, hey, yeah, what we're really trying to do is apply the knowledge and and methodology that we have to see how we can help them get retired and stay that way, they will start to share with us, you know, the money they've saved, the 401ks they may have, IRAs. Many times people have money kind of scattered across the countryside. And sometimes they go, wow, I didn't realize even had that. I had one guy in here not long ago had an $80,000 account he didn't know he had, Hmm. you know. And so he was... (laughs) He was kind of happy that wow. he had found another $80,000 out there, you know? Yeah. So during the analysis process, we really look at what they've done over their lifetime, how they've saved money. We kind of gather all that stuff up and kind of bring it into focus. And then once we've gone through the discovery process and that, you know, then we can start to also do uh, the third step of things, and that is planning. And so once we know kind of what kind of income people need, you know, what they're looking to accomplish, they're, the vacations they want to take, uh, you know, we learn about budgeting and most people, you know, don't have a budget because they've raised their family, they've put them through college or they've made more money probably than ever made in their life the last few years. And so a budget isn't something they've thought about. And it's not that we're trying to put people on a tight budget. What it amounts to is during this process, we want to make sure that we know what it costs for people to live. And then we can really put a fine point on the planning that we do for their income stream and how that's going to be set up. So the first three of the five steps are discovery, analysis, and planning. So step number four, Randy. Step number four is implementation. And so implementation is where, and let me back up and just say this. So these first three steps probably occur over two meetings, maybe even three sometimes. We often tell people, we're in no hurry here. You've worked 30, 40, 50 years to get here. What we want to do now is make sure that we really get to know you, that we build things right, and we take our time. I mean, this is just, you know, kind of planning the rest of your life here. It's... (laughs) We should take a moment or two, right, to get that done. (laughs) So uh, another important part of that, too, is that most people have never really understood their investments. Right. And and if that's you, you're definitely not alone. I would say less than 1% of people really understand what they hold inside of their 401k or any type of investment account that they're not actively managing. We like to change that. We want to really explain things about, you know, what you're doing now and how that might differ from what we might recommend. But we want you to have a really good handle on what we would do because that really gives you, you know, some clarity and uh, help you sleep at night when stuff starts to hit the fan like Ukraine or this inflation mess that we're dealing with, you know. And so if you know what the plan is and how the plan works, then you'll know that we're going to take advantage of this volatility. And again, that'll that just gives you peace of mind where normally you're just kind of the world's kind of spinning and you don't know what to do and you're close to retirement and you don't want to lose your money and it's kind of a panicking scenario. All right, so those are the first three steps, discovery, analysis, planning. Step number four, Randy and Jake, that's going to be implementation, putting the wheels in motion. Right, and so that's the next step once people kind of 
come to the conclusion that, okay, yep, this is what we want to do. So we try to make that very simple for people. They provide us statements. We do all the paperwork to move that money to get it all repositioned. You know, we custody money uh, at TD Ameritrade or soon to be Charles Schwab, I think I had mentioned earlier. And, you know, we never really have custody of your money. We don't want to have custody of your money. We always tell people this, you know, Bernie Madoff could make off with people's money <laughs> because he had custody. Right. And we never want to do that. But we know all the places around town here, if you work locally and, you know, Fidelity and all the different companies that hold 401k plans, Milliman and Power, all the different things we see around here. We've dealt with all of them. We know the paperwork they need. And many times it's a phone call to get that money transferred. So we just make the implementation process simple. You guys just have to kind of show up, sign some paperwork, and then we monitor and control everything behind the scenes. And then finally, once all the money gets moved, we have people back in, we set up their login so they can look at their stuff, their investments 24 hours a day, seven days a week if they want to. Mm -hmm. And then once that's done, we set up our first review and that's where we start to monitor and maybe adjust programs looking forward. So that's step five, monitor and maybe adjust, especially in times like this where we have very volatile markets, there are adjustments that we make sometimes quite often. So again, just to kind of reiterate, step one, discovery, step two, analysis, number three is planning, number four, implementation, number five is monitor and adjust, and that's where we'll be for the life of the time that people are here with us. And we do those either quarterly, six months, or annually, however people want to do those. We meet people right where they are so that they stay comfortable and connected to their investments and their retirement income. Randy, Jake, a lot of people listening to this may say, well, these are some really bright gentlemen. I mean, I know they help millionaires become multimillionaires, but I'm just an average citizen here in Springfield, Missouri. And I guess the question is, are there minimums or can you help almost anyone? No, Jeff, we can help just about anyone. There's really no minimums here. You know, we will tell people straight up, you know, where they are and what we think they need to do based on their retirement goals. You know, and here's the thing. Sometimes we have people come in and people haven't saved very much yet, but that's one of the things they're trying to do is put the finishing touches on their retirement, maybe over the last 10 or 15 years that they're going to be working. Many times, too, we get youngsters in here that are maybe in their 20s and their 30s, and we can really help them because the old saying, you know, time and money. Boy, there's no substitute for time with money invested because it really always pays huge dividends in the end. But no, we're not, we don't really have any minimums here. Sometimes we set people up a little bit differently if they don't have a lot of money because some of our portfolios take a little bit more money to really make them work effectively. But we have a great plan for anyone that walks through the door. And I think the bottom line is that you will find a solution for almost anyone. I mean, you can talk about Social Security. You can talk about investments. You can talk about estate planning. You can talk about insurance. You can talk about all sorts of things, too. So even if you're just wondering how to maximize your Social Security, that's something that you can get some help with. And uh, finally, you know, once again, you're providing a really valuable service to uh, people. You're really making their lives a lot better, certainly retirement a lot better. People may be asking, well, how much is this going to cost when I come in? Do I need to bring my checkbook, write these guys? a check for a thousand or two thousand dollars how do you get paid just leave your checkbook at home and we'll talk about all that generally speaking you know we're what's called a registered investment advisory firm and so generally if we have money in the market you know we earn a percentage per year generally one percent per year is what we charge and we find that you know we're the low-cost provider in the market for as a general rule at that level all right. So there's really no reason to not get in touch with Floyd Financial Group and get in and get your uh, five-step retirement analysis there. Discovery, analysis, 
planning, implementation, then the follow-up, sort of checking on things on a regular basis there, too. And I, as you said, I mean, the first appointment's probably going to be about an hour, but by the time you get through with all of this, are there several appointments? I mean, two, three, how does it work? Yeah, generally, Jeff, there's going to be two to three appointments to get people started. Then we'll have that third or fourth appointment to really get their logins all set up and get them comfortable with all the investments and how things are working and get their income stream set up. And then generally, we're going to have our first review 90 days out from that. Now, obviously, people can call us any day if they have questions or Mm -hmm. or challenges, you know, in between. But we're going to set up that first review generally 90 days out. And Randy, let's say that someone's listening to this and, you know, their financial advisor happens to be the uh, guy across from the cash registers at the Walmart. And, you know, he's a really nice guy and they really don't want to let him down. Do you help with that sort of Dear John letter? I mean, how do you make that transition from one advisor to you? Yeah, we can do that. Uh, we can, you know, we can let him down easy, I guess, would be the, the thing we can help <laughs> to do that. But generally speaking, the way things work, I mean, if it's a 401k, we really don't have that advisor to deal with. But if it is, you know, IRAs and people have already rolled their money out to another person, we can use what's called the ACAT system, which really makes it very not invasive for the client. They just sign some paperwork and it's something that the whole system uses. But anyway, it is the accepted and normal way to transfer for funds from one brokerage account or IRA or or Roth IRA to another. So that's the five-step process at Floyd Financial Group once again. To get your complimentary consultation, call 417-889-7233. That's right, complimentary. Not going to cost you a dime and there is no obligation. You can also get your complimentary session by going to floydfinancialgroup.com and requesting it there, floydfinancialgroup.com. Gentlemen, out of time for this week. Always enjoy my Saturday mornings with you and, of course, the people here at the Last Bastion of Sanity, Springfield, Missouri. For Randy and Jake, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out there, have a great day in this great part of the country that we live in. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk.